Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. This is Daniel Markin here with In Doubt, and I have an exciting episode coming up with Caleb and Raquel Enns. And they are friends of mine, but also they are missionaries who are going to be going out to Thailand uh, in the next few months here. So they've been preparing for the last couple years, and obviously things have been slowed down because of COVID. But they are planning to go to Thailand uh, to serve there as missionaries to an unreached people group. And so I uh, invite you to join in on this conversation that we're having about what it means to sacrifice and to give and to go away and um, you know live somewhere abroad for the, the sake of Christ, for the Great Commission. So I encourage you to, to listen and take part uh, in this amazing conversation. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name's Daniel Markin, and today I'm joined by Caleb and Raquel Enns. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Mm-hmm. Great day today. It is a great day today. And uh, Caleb, your mustache is looking great as well. I mean, I guess all the listeners can't hear that. You know, they can't hear a mustache, but... <laughs> you know, before I had a face made for the radio, and now I have a face made for TV. <laughs> you got a mustache made for radio. Guys, it's good to have you on the on the program today. And what I'm really excited about too is we're, we've been highlighting a lot of different missions initiatives. And, and today I'm sitting down with both of you who are prospective missionaries. And I mean, your guys' plan in the next few days, weeks, months is you're preparing and you're actually going to be heading out in the mission field. But before we get too into the, the nitty gritty there, uh, would you just tell us who you are. Tell the listeners just, you know, briefly introduce yourselves and also tell us how you guys met. Well, I can start. Um, I am a Manitoban born Canadian. (laughs) I don't know. I love hunting. I like fishing. I like snowboarding. Recently I picked up disc golf and uh, have been having an absolute hoop. There's a, like the Canada's second best disc golf course is like basically in our backyard. So it's been pretty sweet getting to go out and Play some disc golf. I would call it an addiction. Yeah. I also, I got a coffee roaster for Christmas. And so I've been having a blast roasting some coffee. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Raquel. I'm from Abbotsford. So actually, so yeah, we met at Bible College at Miller College of the Bible in Saskatchewan. Where's that? Oh, okay. It's tiny, but it's awesome. We love it. So yeah, we were actually, we were just friends there and never dated. So then after Bible school, then Caleb asked, asked me out and that's kind of how that started. But a little bit about me, I love crafting of all sorts. I just love creating things. So photography and knitting and designing stuff. What else do I like? Making quilts. Making quilts, reading, hanging out with my friends, drinking coffee, pretty classic girl things. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about what you guys are doing now, uh, because you guys are preparing. So tell us sort of part of this story, like you guys are heading off into the mission field. Where did this begin? And, you know, what are you doing now 
to prepare? And how did like all of this come about, right? And, and also, if you could tell us where you guys are heading. Yeah, so I would say it all started, that would be about five years ago. I, I did a fourth year internship in Thailand with a, like as a part of a church planting team. And then I was also teaching English. Um, and so after that, I came back to Canada knowing that I was going to go back to Thailand. But it was like a month after I got back that I called up Raquel and was like, uh, hey, are you single? <laughs> we should hang out sometime. So we started dating and things got like, we got serious. And then it was like, okay, so we're going to get married. We'd like to take a full year after we're married before we leave out on ministry. So we're moving up to Northern Thailand. Now it's been... By the, basically, by the time we get there, we'll actually have been married three years. So COVID kind of put a, a dent in our plans. But yeah, we're looking forward to moving to Northern Thailand, hopefully this August. And right now, uh, we're a part of the church planting residency program. So we're doing church planting training. And, and currently, we're in our, our missionary training online because we can't go in person either. When you guys began dating, how quickly into the discussion was Thailand? Like, was that, uh, Raquel, I'd love to hear. Yeah, well, so, like, when Caleb was there for his fourth year, like, we were decent friends, and so, like, we called, I think, once while he was over there, and he had asked me to be part of his encouragement team, so I didn't take that role very seriously, so by the time he came back, I was feeling pretty guilty about that, like, oh, I didn't really encourage him, so the least I could do is see how's the, like, process, like, how's the transition back home? I should really check in and just be a good friend. Anyways, I guess then we started kind of talking because of that. And so our first like FaceTime conversation, but yeah, about that month after I'm asking him all these questions, like, when are you thinking of going back? What's your plan? So he spends like an hour telling me his plan about applying. We're going with Send International. So he was applying with his like, it was like his second part of his application. He was going to fill that out. He's telling me all this. And like, right at the end of this hour, all of a sudden, that's when he like asked me if I was single. So that threw me for pretty big. <laughs> what it just you just told me you're going back to thailand so but um i had like missions on my heart for most of my life it was kind of, i was kind of always like in a yeah wherever you leave me god i'll go wherever whenever so i was pretty open and was um hoping to go into vocational ministry of some sort so i just didn't really know the where's or the when's but when caleb brought that up that was kind of like okay so if we actually pursue this relationship it's like it's beyond just like do i like you oh would I go to Thailand? Like, would God use this to call me to Thailand myself? So that kind of began the conversation. So it was kind of there all along. And actually, so we kind of, because he was in Manitoba, there was about three months where we were just like FaceTiming until he came out in December and visited. And even then, like, we had a pretty honest conversation where he's like, I'm not asking you to marry me and move to Thailand, which I knew, but we were moving pretty fast because I think we both kind of knew the realities of, He's going to Thailand. And at that point, I was like, well, yeah. And if I am pretty strong that I that God's not calling me to Thailand, then I'll just break up with you. So it was kind of always like on the table. But now it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So and that was so you sensed that call like a, a while back, right? Or like vocational ministry. Maybe it wasn't what you imagined it would look like. Um, how do you guys determine what it means to be called? So we were chatting about this because I think there's there are those two aspects. There's that general aspect where every every person who bears the name of Jesus Christ 
is called to do certain things. Um, and, and lots of people turn to Matthew 28 for that. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you flip, the, you flip a couple of pages to Acts chapter 1, and right before Jesus' ascension, he's talking and he says, go to Jerusalem, to Judea, and to the ends of the earth, right? So there's a, a place for ministry right where you're at, the Jerusalem, for the Judea, your localized region, and to the ends of the earth, obviously to the ends of the earth. So there's that general call. There's that call for every believer. But then there's also, I think, that aspect of where you are called to where you are right now all the time. And so one of the things for us is we're changing the where we are right now, right? So our ministry doesn't start in Thailand. Our ministry starts here. And we're going to do the same ministry, just doing it in a different place where the gospel has never been heard before. So it's, um, and that's where I think too, the, just between the ways Raquel and I felt that call, mine was, I think the way more people like anticipate it or want it to happen where God brought Thailand onto my radar eight times in a week and just kept lining these random obscure things up. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go. Uh, whereas for Raquel, I think it was a lot more like logical Okay, well, God, if you're calling us together and you've called Caleb to Thailand, that means you have called me to Thailand. Okay, and, the, and, and I think... Yeah, it's a lot more of just like faithful obedience to that more specific, the specific part of the calling where it does, it's not necessarily like a... Yeah, I never had this big, huge moment of God revealing to me like, you must go to Northern Thailand. Um, but everything has lined up that way. So that takes, I think, a little bit more trust because I've, I've looked and I've searched my journals like, was there ever a moment where God was like, yes, this is it. And actually, so we went to Northern Thailand and during that time, even like I was really hoping while we were there, God would make it really clear, like the exact spot that like the people group we're supposed to work with and why he had us going to Northern Thailand. And even there, like it just so ended up that we were on a trip together and Caleb got to go visit this extra village that all of a sudden he was like, I think this is actually God's opening so many doors right there. And I didn't get to go to that part. So even there, I was like, I missed it. Come on, God. This was supposed to be my opportunity. Um, so it's been a lot more, I would say, trust-based in that sense. I like what you guys are saying because this idea of Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth, we're all called to different things. But I've found in my past sometimes, like, I admire what you guys are doing. And I, I like... I would be afraid to go across the world and be a missionary like that. And I think people can feel guilty that they aren't also going to Thailand, right? That they're staying at home trying to be faithful, you know, like they're going to college, they want to be a teacher, but that doesn't seem as great of a sacrifice as what you guys are going to do to Thailand. And we can kind of rank, you know, how faithful someone is to a call based on where they're going. How do you guys approach that? Uh, and how would you, you know, explain that to someone else? Is it a different type of calling? Like, are some people just not meant to? Or is it maybe more like, for you guys, there's nothing else you want to do. Like, it's such a joy to, to have this opportunity to go that, you know, there is nothing else that you'd want to do. Yeah, I think what you just said makes, a, like, a ton of sense. And that, that is kind of the feeling that I think lots of people have. Um, and I would never want people to feel guilty. Like, I think, like, I just want to be really clear. We are very normal, regular people. We're like nothing special. 
whatsoever. <laughs> and I think the big um, thing is like God just gifts people differently and he gives people different passions and dreams. And so it just so happens like that our personalities, well, Caleb specifically, I would say like he really like fits in in that culture. And so there's a lot of things that like now make sense of like, oh, actually God probably created us in a way that that this would be easier for us than maybe for somebody else. Um, I think family heritage also like for Raquel and I, family heritage makes a difference. That's a really big thing for lots of people. They don't want to leave their families. And so one of the ways I think God has blessed us is both of our parents love the Lord. Uh, and also both of our parents were missionaries for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think some people are like, oh, then it makes sense that you'd go, but I still can't go because, you know, I have to leave my parents. Because I think, too, what, like one of the things that, that I wanted to say right off the beginning was just that, well, if you feel called, like if you feel that God is actually tugging on your heart to go and do something, whether that's overseas or participate in a ministry out of your backyard, or if God is tugging on your heart to minister to a certain people say it's the rock climbing gym say it's right now for me it's at the disc golf course right it's it's being obedient to what god is calling you to do and i think that's where for us one of the things is god has made it clear faith that is this place at this time and so we're being obedient to that call and i think there is a joy though it's not without its difficulties right so like I lived in Thailand for a year and I left my family and it wasn't easy I was by myself doing Christmas with people I'd never met before and like it was just like a really strange feeling so it's not that it's without its sacrifices but I think there is an incredible joy for us knowing that when God has asked us to do something and we're doing it I think there's an incredible joy that's found in that yeah and I think he's the more we are even studying like this people group that we're going to, I think the more we love and care for that people group, which I think is a big thing that draws you, right? Like it's not about the adventure and it's not about the food. Like I don't even like spicy food or the heat. So there, there's definitely <laughs> a cost, <laughs> but it's like yeah. those people don't know him and God just keeps putting that on our hearts. And I would just add to like, there's something about just like, we are willing. I think a lot of people in their life situations cannot go because they're taking care, they're responsible for something or for someone. Like there's a lot of factors and it just so happens that we don't have things tying us down and we have freedom like from our parents and from our friends, like people that really push us and encourage us to go. And I, I think that makes it easier, mm -hmm. but I also just want to, because I think for some people, uh, we have some friends who her parents weren't believers and it was just really, really difficult for, for her to leave without her parents' blessing. So just to add that layer where it's like, actually, you know what, for, and, and I think maybe in that sense, it doesn't feel like we're giving up too much because we have all of this support. But even if it may seem difficult, if God has put something on your heart, you know, you, you count the cost, you recognize that the cost of, of serving God is greater than xyz whatever it is that's on your plate so there's a there's a point where for us it's pretty easy because we have the support but i think for other people too actually counting that cost will look different and maybe you have fears and maybe you have worries but i think that's where you really spend that time in prayer but i would also say talk to the people at your church and 
and listen to them a little bit and hear what they have to say. But if, if God has called you to do something and it's scary, if God has called you to do it, I think our response is supposed to be walking forward in faith. Yeah. Um, you talked about before an unreached people group. What does that mean? What is an unreached people group? So uh, the Joshua Project is kind of the baseline that we go off for research, but I think it's like a fairly accepted baseline as well. So Joshua Project says that an unreached people group is a people group that is less than 2% evangelical Christian. So there's unreached people groups. I think there's close to 5,000 in the world unreached people groups where in a country there's a group of people like a specifically designated culturally separate they're like identifiable group of people that may or may not have a bible in their language but there would be no active ongoing church planting effort among that people and so it makes they make up 3.23 billion people of the world and so you'll hear a lot in the missions world they'll talk lots about the 1040 window which covers lots of Central Asia and Africa. Um, so 3.23 billion people, which is a pretty staggering amount. So the next level is called a frontier people group. And so what a frontier people group is, is when there is a less than 0.1% evangelical Christian population. So the way they define that too is that there would be no scripture in that language, like no, no Bible. But those are the people who have literally had no access to the gospel. Uh, And so that group of people makes up 1.9 billion of those 3.23 billion. So it's not like that's like 6 billion in total, but it's like of that 3.23, close to 2 billion people have never had access to the gospel and don't have scripture in their language. Does that mean that they can't Google Christianity as well? Like, is this 1.9 billion people? Because our world's pretty interconnected right now, right? And uh, even in some of these really, like, remote places, or, like, I mean, I've been to uh, Uganda. Everyone has a smartphone. So what does that mean, like, with smartphones? Are people still unreached? So, yes, they're still unreached. Yes, there are still lots of unreached. And I think a part of it is that there is no active effort in reaching them. And I think that's a a fairly key part where by accident, if they listen to the correct radio station at the correct time, they might hear something, but it probably wouldn't be in their first language. Or there's like, so we're going to an unreached people group. So it's less than 2%. It's actually less than 1%. But right next to the people that we're trying to reach, there is a frontier group where they have a separate language, they have a separate culture, um, but there has never been, or known to resources and networks, there's never been a worker or a believer who has gone in to try to reach that people in their language. So like there'd be no scripture in their language. Now those people will speak the language of their their national country, but it's still different in the fact that, yes, they they may have a smartphone, but in different countries, they're actually limited in what they're able to access with their smartphones. Or in some, and in some of these countries, Christianity would be illegal. And so that's where I think there's actually, yes, they're unreached and they're like, they're, they're far outreached. Like to the, when it says like to the ends of the earth, like it's literally talking about like, there are still people where the only way to access them is by walking. 
Like there aren't even, there isn't even like road infrastructure going there. So, and I think the reality is those types of people groups specifically tend to be um, like more impoverished. And so the reality is that probably not all of them have smartphones. So there might be a few in the village, like the specific areas we're going to are fairly third world areas. So the one place they just got a uh, water powered generators so that they can have four light bulbs running. Wow. So, and, and it's, and it's far off to think. And I think even for Raquel and I, it's far off to think, but it's actually a reality for lots of people in the world. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we are extremely privileged to have been born and raised in, in Canada. And we've been talking recently just about the 1%, how we are, going to be missionaries and even as missionaries will still be a part of that one percent of like the wealthiest one percent of the wealthiest people in the world yeah how do you not feel guilty about that because that's something i think about too is you know like we we are blessed to live in north america right now and we are blessed to to use a toilet that is clean right we're blessed that we can go and pick any food you want right and be able to pay for it and like these are amazing luxuries and they're not bad but i feel like deep down there's always that kind of when we compare ourselves to others we can feel guilty how do you guys deal with some of that is there any guilt so i think there's that level of stewardship where we're called to steward what god has given us and to steward it well first and foremost though recognizing that all we have belongs to the lord now, I'm not saying that you should sell all your possessions and like, like the command that Jesus gave to the rich man, sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and then follow me. I don't think that's necessarily what everybody is called to. But I think there is a level where we as believers are called to give generously. And so a line that's really stuck out to me just in the last couple of weeks is, uh, we've been talking about the New Testament principle of tithing and does giving to missions count as tithing or should it be uh, an act of generosity? And um, uh, a local pastor just said, he said, how much should people be giving? And his response was more than they can. Mm-hmm. And I think just understanding that we are called to live financially by faith. And that means that while Raquel and I will be earning substantially less probably than, than most people our age back here in North America, doesn't mean we're called to give less. And just because we're giving of our time and giving of our energy and living in a different part of the world, doesn't mean we're not called even to give of our finances. We're supposed to still give and walk in faith. Realistically speaking, where we're going in Northern Thailand, if we just were to tithe our, ten, like, tithe our portion, to the church that we plant, odds are we would probably be giving more than everybody else in the church. And we're just giving, like, that's just the tithe, right? But there's a certain level where, no, we're, we're still called to give generously. And, and we're still called to give so that we pursue God in faith with our finances. Right. I'd say to the, like, the guilty feeling, like, I get that even now. Like, all of a sudden I realize how entitled I am when I'm upset because I'm in a basement suite where we're, like, the furniture was already there. And it's not the couch that I love and that I want. And I get all upset about it. So it, there's, even now, there's this, like, ugh, that, like, entitlement settles in and then feel guilty about that. But I would say even, like, there's something to questioning that guilt. Like, 
if that's something you're feeling often, like actually bringing that to God and asking like, okay, so why am I feeling guilty about this? Because is it that you've actually just given me this and I have freedom with it and there's a joy to like what you've given me and then I should just be thankful and like celebrating and rejoicing? Or is there something that you're asking of me that I want to hold on to it so therefore I feel guilty? So I think it's a good thing just to like actually bring to God and kind of wrestle through like why are you feeling that way? Yeah. As you guys prepare... What has been the most exciting thing? And then what has been the most frustrating thing? <laughs> uh, I think for me, they go hand in hand. So we, a year ago, we started our financial support raising and we got 10 days into it and uh, COVID shut the world down. And so we got formally put on hold. They're like, yeah, you can't go into people's houses. Lots of people getting laid off right now. And we're just like, okay, Lord. Uh, what is going on? And so then what was really cool was we were on a full pause and just so encouraging to us was that uh, 10% of our support came in in one week. And it was just such an affirmation to me that even though the world was going crazy and even though there was so much that wasn't in our control, it was kind of just like a little, I took it to be a message where it was just like, okay, look, Caleb, Raquel, I got this in control. You're still going, even though it's it's going to be crazy. For, you're still going. Look, right here, I'm taking care of you, even in this time. And I think that was just a really, really big encouragement for me. Mm -hmm. I think uh, for me, one of the most encouraging pieces in prepping has been actually being part of this residency. And we've been doing so like every other week we have class and there's always some focus of church planting of some sort. And so and I think then tied to that is like me and Caleb ending up on the same page with a lot of like how we view church planting and taking what we're learning here and then contextualizing it to what it will be like in Northern Thailand with an unreached people group and, and feeling really like, actually we are on the same page with this. We have the same heart. We really care about like church planting education. So I think that's been encouraging to see where we just, yeah, no, we're both on board with this. Um, and then frustrating, I would say like, it's just been a slow, long process. Yeah. Like we would have like originally our plan is to be in Thailand last August. So it's been, mm -hmm. and I think this year has probably been a blessing in disguise. Like it's been really nice. So we moved from Manitoba back to Abbotsford to be part of this program. And then, so to be near my family and friends, that's been awesome too. But then in frustrating is just like the, the transitions of the moving, 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 and knowing that we're moving again. That's been, mm. I would say difficult. Well, in a few months, it'll be, you know, you'll look back on it and be like, wow, what a blast. And, and then you'll be in this new season. So friends, this was a, a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to chat, taking the time of your day, just to share with everyone um, about what you're going to be doing. And uh, it'd be interesting to be able to talk to you while you guys are, you know, in Thailand. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much for having us. It's a pleasure to share what God is doing in other parts of the world. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hey, this is Isaac, one of the hosts of In Doubt, a ministry of Good News Global Media. 
Is it possible that being a Christian young person could be any more complicated than it is today? How do we make right choices and decisions when so many opinions around us seem contrary to what it means to live for Christ? At InDoubt, we hope to help make sense, biblical sense, of those difficult choices and decisions, and also what biblical faith looks like in life and culture in 2021. So join us every week for another challenging conversation and our response is God's people. For everything in doubt, visit indoubt.ca. And if you'd like to help us continue to offer this program, you can make a gift of any amount at indoubt.ca or by calling 1-800-663-2425.